Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Israel's spiritual election, their spiritual birth, their spiritual seed, all of that is going to be discussed this morning. Romans chapter number nine, it's like Paul, it's so important, it's so important, he's trying to get people to get a hold of something that is not off the rails, but they can, the the, the Jewish people are going to think it's off the rails. So he prefaces the chapter, he tells them three different times in verse number one that he's not lying. Look, you got to listen to this. Because the nation of Israel is so full of pride. They see themselves in a light that God doesn't see them. And he's got to plead with them. Look, I got, I got to get you to understand some things. So he's going to demonstrate Paul through the Holy Spirit. He's going to demonstrate from the word of God that Israel's rejection of the Messiah did, doesn't mean that God's word has failed and we're going to see quite the opposite so in Romans chapter 9 we see in verse number 6 it says not as though the word of God hath taken none effect he goes through the first five verses he talks about all of the eight privileges they have And they're fine with all those privileges, except Christ. They rejected him. And so now, verse 6, not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. When we go through Romans 9, Paul is going to argue from the word of God. In verse number 6, he says, not as though the word of God hath none effect. And then we are going to see this chapter unfold. Loaded, absolutely jam-packed with Old Testament references. They're all going to be quotes from the Old Testament. Genesis 18, Genesis 22, Genesis 25, Exodus 9, Exodus 33, Isaiah 1, Isaiah 8, Isaiah 10, Isaiah 28, Hosea 1, Hosea 2, Malachi 1. From now all the way until the end of the chapter, it's basically the word of God. (laughs) He's saying, look, don't, you don't have to doubt the word of God, and I'm going to prove it to you guys. I'm going to use the word of God. And that's a beautiful start of understanding this context. But there is something that had no effect. There was something that failed. It wasn't God. It wasn't God's plan. But Israel as a nation isn't serving God. Israel as individuals aren't trusting God. Their flesh, blood, descendants of Abraham. But they're not serving God. You're not Israel. I'm not Israel. But we all have flesh and blood descendants. If you are saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb, that does not mean your flesh and blood descendants are saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb. Why? Well, we know John 3, 7, ye must be born. Again, 
We don't put our faith and trust in a nation or people. The Bible says that God fulfills his word. The, what's right? The word of the Lord is right. God will fulfill his ways. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. So we can look at the nation and say, oh, it's a failure. Jewish people can look at the nation and say, oh, it's a failure. Gentile people can look at the nation and say, oh, it's a failure. God's word must have failed. No, people fail. Nations fail. God's word doesn't fail. You can trust his works. That's why in Acts 15, he says, known unto him are all his works. His word, his ways, and his works will never fail. Watch what it says at the end of the verse. Chapter 9, verse 6. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Paul makes a rather odd statement, but it's really not odd. He's drawing out a distinction based upon a promise that was given. The promise isn't for all of Israel. So he says, look, all of Israel is in Israel. What does that mean? Well, you have natural Israelites. And then you have those that have believed and trusted God by faith. Now, we're going to put aside for a minute. Look, we'll get to this at the end of the message. We understand we went through Galatians. Abraham has two seeds. There's a spiritual seed and a natural seed. By faith, that seed for us as Gentiles, we, we share that. It's Abraham is... He, he, was his, he received God's imputed righteousness when he put his faith and trust in God. We can share that same spiritual seed. Faith. Belief. That is what the nation didn't have. Were there some individuals from that nation that did? Yes. Abraham, who's the father, did. And his faith was counted to him for righteousness. Romans 4 and Galatians 3, we see that. Abraham believed, believed God. So for they are not all Israel, which are Israel. You have a natural seed. You're going to have two natural seeds we're going to look at. Then you're going to have those that, that believe. Let's talk about that natural seed. In the next verse, look at Romans chapter nine, verse number seven. Uh, they're not all Israel, Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham. Are they all children? Within the natural seed. We're talking about natural born descendants from Abraham. So nobody can say, hey, look, I am from Abraham. I am a natural descendant. And if you are. It says, they are, are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. The promise that God made was not just natural descent from Abraham. We know that Abraham had other children from other, right? Genesis 16, Ishmael, he had an 
he had a an Egyptian maid. And Ishmael came out of Hagar. Is that a natural seed? Is that a natural birth? It sure is. It sure is. Go to Genesis 25. Genesis chapter 25. Look at verse number one. This is after... After Sarah has died, Abraham has another wife, Keturah. Then again, verse number one, Abraham took a wife and her name was Keturah. And she bare him, if you're looking for names, we'll have fun with these names. You ready? Zimran and Jokshan and Medan and Midian and Ishbak and Shura and Jokshan begat Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashurim and Letushim. And Leomim, and the sons of Midian, Epah, and Eper, and Hanak, and Abadah, and Elda, all these were the children of Keturah. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. You have a natural descent from Abraham that came from Hagar. And you have a natural descent that came from Abraham that came from Keturah. But the promise isn't coming through that seed. There's a promise that is come. They're all natural descent. It's all the same seed. It's all the physical seed of Abraham. But the promise is going to come through Sarah. Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. It's not going to be Abraham, Ishmael, Esau. You see that? Are they all natural descendants from Abraham? Yes, they are. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. That's what Romans 9, 7 is saying. There are a lot of natural seeds from Abraham. But Romans 9, 7 is drawing the distinction out. In the, natural, in the natural birth that's in Abraham's line, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. Okay? So we need to understand what is this. We don't have a promise that comes through Ishmael. We don't have a promise that comes through any of the lines from Keturah. We have a promise that comes when Abraham and Sarah begat Isaac and then from Isaac, it goes to Jacob, and that line is going to follow. That's where the promised seed comes, from that natural line. Are there other natural lines? Yes, but the promise don't go through that. Verse uh, number, we'll stay in Genesis. Romans 9, 7 goes on to say, but in Isaac, see that? Shall thy seed be called. But in Isaac. Isaac came from Sarah. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. The promise was confined there. Now go to Genesis 21. Genesis chapter 21. Look at verse number 12. 
This is our cross-reference. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight, because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. What is that from? What is Romans 9, 7 from? This passage. See that? Thy seed be called. But look at verse 13. And also of the son of the bondwoman, that's Hagar, will I make a nation because he is thy seed. Ishmael was also of the seed of Abraham. We getting this? I hope so. That's why Romans 9, 7 says neither because they are the seed of Abraham. Genesis 21 verses 12 gives us a seed through Sarah. Verse number 13 gives us the seed through the bondwoman, Hagar. And that's why Romans 9, 7 says neither because they are of the seed of Abraham are they all children. You have the seed of Abraham contrasted with the children of Abraham. Neither are they all children. Look, they're all from the seed, but I'm saying that what God's saying is, look, they're not all children. Look at Genesis 22. Well, by the time we get there, look what it says in verse 2. And he said, take now thy son. He's talking to Abraham, God. Thine only son. Well, wait a minute. Isaac wasn't Abraham's only son. He had Ishmael. But Ishmael wasn't through Sarah. Ishmael was from that bondage. That's a reference to the seed. That line, that only son, that seed, that promise is confined to that seed. To be called a son, a child. Isaac was the only son that God would recognize for the promise. Ishmael was left out of the promise. I think we get all that. Go to Acts chapter 17 because I want to show you what Paul, he argues the same way to the Athenians when he's an athlete. Go to Acts chapter 17. And might as well get Hebrews 12 as well. Acts 17. And Hebrews chapter number 12. We'll do Acts 17 first. And we'll start in verse number 22. Acts 17, 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens. All right, he's, he's, he's speaking to the Athenians. I perceive that in all things, ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, and declare him, him declare I unto you. The Athenians, Paul's witnessing to them. They believe that they are created by God. They don't have any doubt that God exists. You know what you can find nowadays, whether you're in Cookville, Tennessee, or anywhere in the world, 
you can find people that will agree. Oh, yes, we're created by God. There's a God. And we're trying to worship. But they're not saved. He's drawing a distinction. He's forcing a distinction, Paul. Watch what he's going to do. Between them and him. You guys want to talk about God? Okay, let's talk about God. And in the midst of it, Paul's going to draw a, a very, very clear distinction. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Verse number 25. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And it's made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and determine the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation. Now watch. Verses 27 through 29 are key. That they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. He includes everybody in that. He's not far. For in him we live and move and have our being. He's trying to relate to them. Yes, there's a God. Yes, we should seek after him. Now watch what he says. As certain, in verse 28, also of your own poets have said. For we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's devices. When Paul is using this term offspring of God, he uses it in verse number 29. And it's at the end of 28. He references back, hey, look, your own poets. Your own prophets, your own poets, whoever they are. They believe that you're from the offspring of God. Paul, all he's saying is anybody that is created by God. And someone that believes in God, like you all do, can understand and relate to, look, we are all the offspring of God. It's a phrase used by a lost man. And Paul's using this phrase to lost men as he witnesses to them. And he's relating to them, look, yes, we are the offspring of God. Did God create every lost person that's out there? You talk to a lost person, you sometimes go back to the creation account. Hey, you were created by God. That's what he's doing. And then he draws a clear contrast. But you guys are going to need to trust. You don't know God like you think you know God. You, you only know, you only know that you were created by him. But you have not been born again. Okay? We'll go to Hebrews 12. We'll try to tie that thought in with Hebrews 12. And I think it will fit just fine. Hebrews 12, we'll finish up this thought here. In verse number five, we'll start. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse number 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise 
not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. A father chasteneth his son. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. You don't chasten my son. I don't chasten your son. The father does that. I chasten my son because I love my son. That's my job. Just like it's your job with your son. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. You know, a physical, if we're talking about a physical seed, a bastard would be a son. It's an illegitimate father. The father's abandoned the son. A father that assumes no responsibility at all. They won't recognize their child. They won't instruct their child. And they certainly aren't going to be able to chastise or discipline their child. They're not there. They're not around. And they leave mama to care for them or grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle or the state or. Hebrews 12 is referring to spiritual bastards. Acts 17. Yeah, we're the offspring. You're created by God. You have a physical offspring. but you haven't been born again. So you're not a child of God. Lost people are created by God. Lost people are made in the image of God. But spiritually, they're bastards. They haven't been born again. And they need to. And if they are born again, now they understand the chase. Oh, God loves me. Now they understand the rebuke. Oh, it's my father. He loves me. It's not going to go over real well if I go across town and try to start chastising someone else's child. Probably somebody's going to call the cops. It's out of place. It doesn't fit. But the relationship that I have with my son, it's a special relationship. Now I can chastise him, I can rebuke him, I can discipline him, I can correct him. And when we get born again, we now receive that from the Lord and we count it as a blessing. Praise the Lord, my dad was around to tan my hide when I needed it. Praise the Lord that I got the discipline and the instruction that I needed from my father. Not all children receive that. But Hebrews 12, you've got a spiritual son. They have received the new birth. They have been born again. Amen. They've been legally adopted into the family of God. You know what a lot of children long for nowadays? To be legally adopted into a family. Would to God that lost people would long for that spiritually. To be adopted into the family of God. 
Yes, you may be the offspring of God and created by God, but you still need to become a son, the sons of God. You, you still need to become born again and become a child of God. Your natural birth isn't going to do it for you. Go to John chapter number eight. John chapter number eight, verse number 31. John chapter eight, verse 31, we'll read. Then said Jesus to those Jews. We know the audience from the context, which believed on him. Watch what Jesus says. If ye continue in my word, he's saying this to the Jews. Then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You have Jews walking around in the time of Christ when he's on earth. They've believed the Messiah, and they believe the claims of the Messiah. But at the same time, they want their own interpretation about it. And they've got their own idea about it. And we're ready for you to set up the kingdom now. And all of that stuff. And a lot of it is based on, oh yeah, I believe the claim of the Messiah. Sure, Jesus is here from Jewish descent. I have a national identity as a Jew. And so because of that, I've got privileges. Watch this. Naturally, as a descendant of Abraham. And Jesus is speaking to him right here in John chapter 8. We'll continue to read. Then answered him, we be, here it is, Abraham's seed. And we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus tells them something and they fight him on it. You can't say that to us. They're hiding behind their physical descent from Abraham. Let's continue to read verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know... That ye are Abraham's seed. Not new news to Jesus. Because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father. And you do. And you. And ye. Do that which ye have seen. With your father. It's going to get heated up. Look they believe he is the Messiah. From the Jewish descent. They interpret it their own way. And their interpretation isn't based on the word. They have a lack of belief in the word, in the doctrine, in the truth, and they don't have the right spirit. And because of that, the Messiah is standing right in front of them and they want to kill him and they're going to crucify him. It continues to heat up. Look at verse number nine, 39. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. They keep going back to natural line. Jesus saying unto them, if you were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. 
You know what Jesus does right there? He makes a divide. Would you guys quit it with this natural descent of Abraham? If you're of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. What did Abraham do? He believed me. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. So he answers those Jews and he splits the descent right down the middle in verse number 39. You know what these Jews are in John 8? What we just talked about in Hebrews 12. Spiritual bastards. They're of the nation. They have natural descent. But they won't believe like Abraham believed. And Jesus is letting them know it. And now watch. We've all used these verses. But when you look at it in the context of he's speaking to Jews, it fits perfectly right in with Romans 9, what we're talking about. Look at verse number 40. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he that sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Watch who he says their father is. Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. What did Abraham do to receive God's righteousness? Believe God, right? What's verse 45 say? And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Now, isn't that something different in the light of the Jewish context? Who's, who Jesus is speaking to? He calls him a child of the devil. In Matthew 23, he calls him hypocrites. Child of hell. They profess. They're Jews. They profess. But they do not oppose that. Go back to Romans 9. So I could bring this to a close. Romans Verse 6, not as though the word of God has taken on effect, for they are not all Israel, which are Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. Don't claim your seed. But in Isaac, thy seed be called. There's a promise through Isaac. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. We looked at that. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. In verse number eight, you have the children of the flesh contrasted with the children of promise. Look at it again. These are not, uh, or you have, they which are the children of the flesh these are not the children of God. He makes it real clear. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. You have two types of children, flesh and promise in this verse. Remember in Romans 8, 
Christ condemns sin in the flesh. We're told not to walk after the flesh. Our carnal mind is enmity with God. And all of that. We looked at in Romans 8. And then we see for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. You can't be in the will of God unless you've got the Spirit of God. And you can't be a child of God without the Spirit. You saw all that in Romans 8. Isaac was the promised seed. Ishmael typifies the carnal mind that's at enmity with God. Abraham got impatient. So he's got a mate. An Egyptian mate. We've got our own idea, God. We are going to have a son. And Ishmael was conceived. A wild man. He don't like nobody and nobody likes him. That is not the seed. The seed is promised to go through Isaac. It's Abraham Isaac, not Abraham Ishmael. And that's what this is talking about. And Ishmael typifies this. Children of the flesh. He is not the child of promise. That line is children of the flesh. Why? It was man's carnal mind and fleshly idea to come up with, well, I'm impatient. I don't want to wait for God. You've got a dead womb in Sarah. Abraham got impatient, and there comes Ishmael. Well, we're dead in trespasses and sins, and God regenerates us. He can take a dead womb and make it alive. And he can take a dead soul and make it alive. That's what God does. That's why that promise comes through that seed. Romans chapter 9, verse number 9 will be the last verse that we look at. In relate, uh, and, and, and also with Galatians 3. They'll be our last two spots. We need Galatians 3 to finish and Romans 9, 9. <clears throat> Keep your finger in both. Romans 9, verse number 9. Uh, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Verse 9, for this is the word of promise. At this time will I come and Sarah shall have a son. And God's promise is limited to one of Abraham's children. Only one. That means after Sarah dies, Keturah can't claim that promise because those children are the natural descent of Abraham. And Ishmael, even though he is the natural seed of Abraham, he cannot claim that promise. It comes to one of his children. Isaac was not the product of a natural man schemed to birth. Yes, Ishmael was an offspring of Abraham. Yes, Abraham was his legitimate father, but that is not where the promise comes to. Matter of fact, Galatians 4, Ishmael and Hagar, they're cast out. They have no claim. Muhammad could claim all he wants, that he's the 70th descendant from Ishmael. Abraham didn't go live with him in Mecca. Sorry. It's a natural descent. There is no promise through that seed. God cast them out. Hebrews 12, you know what they are? They're spiritual masters. Galatians 3, we'll finish out here. 
Sarah shall have a son. In Romans 9, you have a you have a physically chosen seed. It's promised in Romans 9. We see it individually to Sarah. In Galatians 3, we have a physically rejected seed. It's a promise to Gentiles. We see the contrast of both. Look at verse number 8 in Galatians 3. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Who's the heathen? That's us. Gentiles. Preaching before the gospel unto Abraham. That's a cross-reference to Genesis 18. Saying, in thee, here's the reference. All nations be blessed. Go down to verse number 14. Look at this. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. In the Old Testament, was the promise made to Abraham? You have an Old Testament promise. In Galatians 3, that it might come into the Gentiles, you have a New Testament promise. Look at verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. That's singular. This is a loaded verse, so look at it with me. Stay with me on this, but we'll close now. I need you to stay this thought. Now, to Abraham and his seed, singular, were the promises made. You had an Old Testament promise, and Romans 9 shows this, between God and Abraham's seed, singular. Why is that important? Because it's not the bondwoman and it's not Keturah after Sarah died. It's it's through it's through Sarah, it's through Isaac. It's singular. One seed. But watch what it says next. I mean, this is if you read it fast, you miss it. He saith not, and to seeds, plural, and as of many, plural. I touched on this in the beginning of the message. Abraham is promised two seeds. A physical, natural, born seed. Blood relatives. Seeds. Plural. What's the second one? It's a spiritual, supernatural seed. Okay? That's why it's plural. Folks, it is how we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Make sense? Do, does any of us have any blood relatives? We're not blood relatives. We have a spiritual seed that we share. That's why you can say to me, I can say to you, hey, brother, hey, sister. That's that seed. Seeds, plural, as of many, plural. Two promised seeds. Now it finishes. But as of one, and to thy seed, singular, which is Christ. And in thee and in thy seed shall all families of the earth be blessed. The fulfillment of this promise is found in Christ. 
the Messiah, which we put our faith and trust in. And God's word can't fail because nothing is going to change God's promise to fulfill it. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, go to Matthew 1. You're going to run 14 generations. You know who it's going to come to? God loves Jesus Christ. That's who that seed's going to come to. That's the seed at the end of 16, singular. So if you want to be a real child of God, look at verse 26. Not just the offspring, not just claim I'm created by God, I believe there's a God. If you want to really be a child of God and not a spiritual bastard, you need verse 26 of Galatians 3. For ye are all the children of God by what? Faith in Christ Jesus. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Look at verse 29. You want to you want to be a real child of Abraham? And if you be Christ's, then you're Abraham's seed. But wait a minute. I'm not a Jew. No, you don't understand. There's two promised seeds. We just talked about that. You want to be in Christ, then you're Abraham's seed. That spiritual, by faith, regenerated spiritual line. And heirs according to the promise. Where's the promise found? In Christ. Put your faith in Christ. Put your faith in Christ. And it doesn't matter if you're a Jew and you are a physically chosen seed like that nation was. Right now, you need to put your faith in trust as an individual. And it doesn't matter if you're a heathen Gentile who's a physically rejected seed and not part of a nation through Abraham, you can put your faith in Christ and you will now be part of Abraham's spiritual seed. We can call each other brothers and sisters. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.